Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Overleveled Podcast. This is a new series that I'm going to be introducing to the podcast. You know, I'm very excited for this. Uh, I went and I and I made a video on YouTube. Hopefully, you're here from that, or you saw this on Facebook somewhere, or uh, you know me in person, and I've told you about this very special project. But this is the first episode in a, a series of pro- hopefully long-running episodes called The Dark Road to Kingdom Hearts 4. Obviously, there there is the pun there in the title, Dark Road, but honestly, it, there's more meaning to me calling it that just because this is a dark road in a sense that I am joined here today with uh, my good buddy, Dash, who has not ever played a Kingdom Hearts video game before. He's with me here today. So, Dash, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself? Tell us tell us who you are and maybe uh, tell them how we know each other. Uh, I'm Dash. I am an average, average level gamer, I guess you could call me. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing too crazy. Uh, me and Gavin know each other because we work together. We do... We do all that fun cleaning pools and stuff like that together. That's right. And I have never touched a Kingdom Hearts game ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You could actually yeah. even say we we met each other uh, a good uh, yeah. year or so before we worked together. Yeah. You, actually, you came into my home uh, <laughs> to, yeah, to pick to up s- an item off the Facebook marketplace. <laughs> yeah. To take to take uh, to take your uh, your whole bed frame and everything. <laughs> yeah. And never never even knew that was you until I until I came over for the first time and then I was like, wait yeah. a minute, this looks familiar. You're like, I've been here before. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> wow. But yeah, so we we met each other. You know, there was there was that event, but we really got to know each other from work. Um, I got the pleasure of training dash and just kind of how we do stuff at our uh, at our job and uh ever oh, the since then you know mine. oh, yeah. oh <laughs> buddy um but you know just we've we've been kind of just hanging out for the most part um you know we have a we have a pretty solid line of communication every day just as coworkers and um yeah i I'd, I'd say i am um <laughs> i'm kind of the reason for a lot of the uh, the bullshit running through your head uh every day a, a, a would, little would bit would you say so yeah, I mean, I I think I almost killed you when I said I never touched the Kingdom Hearts game, uh, <laughs> and you were like, "You did what now?" And yeah, I showed up to work the next day, and you're like, "Here, take this, yeah. and play yeah. it." Right? Yeah, and even even before that too, whenever me and whenever me and you were were training together, we kind of kicked it off on the right foot, kind of just talking about music taste and. Um, you know, I think we we found a lot of common interests, and I and I kind of got you into the dance, Gavin dance, and Coheed and Cambria, you know, music stuff, and then, oh yeah, uh, yeah, and I For think sure. we were talking about video games and you know podcasts and stuff. You know, I got you listening to Dungeons and Daddies, yes, yeah, and, and this podcast called Overlevel Podcast. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. For some reason, <laughs> I was listening to it. I don't know. <laughs> no. yeah. yeah, I was like. I was just like fucking like foaming at the mouth, just going up to everybody at work being like, listen to my podcast. I like Japanese role playing video games. At least you went and told them I was just sitting in the truck with you and you just started playing it. I didn't even I had nowhere to go. <laughs> no way. No way. I did. I did not. I, that's not how it happened. Oh, it's, it's so did. He just started to be like, yeah, this was our Christmas episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, I did. I did show you that one because that was our most recent one. But I, yeah. I wanted, I wanted you to get a feel for how it sounded, you know, in case it was something you wanted to listen. Here I am oh, trying yeah. to fucking justify my fucking my weird ass. Uh, anyways, so 
other than that, too, I got you uh, hooked on a book series written by yes. Brandon Sanderson. I mean, yeah, Brandon I mean, Sanderson in general, you got me hooked on. I mean, it was yeah. it's not just the book series in general. Yeah, I, I meant more just like the Cosmere as, oh, a, yeah. as, a, as a whole, you know. Um, uh, so, you know, I podcast on itself. Oh, for sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my buddy, Sean, who who is definitely uh, he's he's going strong with his Cosmere podcast anyways. But this is not a Cosmere podcast. This is no. not a. Dungeons and Daddies discussion podcast. Um, Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> one day. This is this is a for right now this is a kingdom hearts podcast and yeah. not not in a not in a sense that this is going to be what overleveled looks like from here on out but this is like i mentioned this is episode 1 in a series of episodes where you Dash, as someone who has never played a Kingdom Hearts game, uh, and even still, as of recording this, you have not touched the first Kingdom Hearts game. You no. are you're going to get through this series, <laughs> whether you like it or not. And I have no choice anymore. I already have the game. I have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm recording this. I, I'm yep. I'm I'm committed at this point. Yes. I don't got. I don't can't turn around now. Yeah, I made the announcement video before we even did it, so I was like. <laughs> I was like, this guy, this guy literally has no choice now. I just get a text message. I made this. You're <laughs> doing it now. <laughs> Watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're going to go through this game series. And I think this first episode, this first episode is mostly going to be a, just kind of a conversation talking about maybe your expectations for what Kingdom Hearts is, kind of giving, you know, some some insight into your experience with the series and, and the things that you do know and, and yeah. uh, you know, just kind of your whole experience with Kingdom Hearts as a whole, as well as before we jump into our first episode where we are actually discussing uh, what you've played of the game, we're going to kind of spend some, some time here towards the end talking about kind of uh, the development and the history of Kingdom Hearts and kind of why... <laughs> why we have this thing that is so fucking bizarre and uh beautiful and amazing so yeah i've been trying to hold my questions until until this moment and stuff like that because you know i've been bugging you being like well why are we doing the, you know yeah why is this like this you're like just just hold your questions yeah and i'm doing the best i can too because i you know this is probably in my top three favorite video game series of all time and just when that's the case for anyone i think i think it's hard for people to hold their tongue on you know just they just want to like talk about it you know and just and just gush and say everything they know about the thing that they love <laughs> but it's hard to do that uh, yeah. to somebody who has pretty much no idea what the fuck they're talking about so <laughs> you know we're going to we're going to get through this and uh yeah why don't you just go ahead and kind of start with like how how do you know about kingdom hearts what what do you what do you think about it I think the first time that I can actually really remember Kingdom Hearts was commercials. Honestly, just uh, I can't tell you what Kingdom Hearts it was. Probably Kingdom Hearts 2, if I'm thinking because I was younger. Um, I remember just seeing a commercial and I was just like, I don't know what this is. I go, it looks cool. I go, but I don't know what it is. And, you know, definitely at the time I was I was more into Call of Duty and <laughs> about that. So I don't, it didn't yeah. even register on my radar. Um, for sure. But then, uh, 
As I got older, you know, worked at GameStop like like you do when you love video games and you think that's <laughs> the best place to go. You know, um, the best the best thing to do is to work at the place that you love. I promise you won't grow to hate it. <laughs> um, and it was kind of like it was funny because it was uh, a lot of that was uh, forced learning, but it turned into a lot of appreciation for other games like knowing what goes into them sometimes uh was some of the information we needed to know um so kingdom hearts 3 was a big one i was i was working the launch that night and doing pre-orders and stuff so i had to have some basic knowledge about the game um or at least be able to hold a conversation with people you know when they came and asked me hey what do you think about this and i'm just like you know (laughs) i never played it myself but you know let me tell you about it kind of thing let me tell you all about this thing that I yeah, have not. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea Fake it till you make it, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, I it it always interest interested me, but I knew that there was a lot of twists and turns, a lot of threads to follow, and it was a little, you know, daunting and scary <laughs> to yeah. to jump into something, especially when you know I was gonna probably just jump into three. And I think you'd have told me multiple times over this week, don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't ju- do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like watching Endgame before anything else. Yeah, it's funny because when I hear about you working at GameStop, just trying to ask, like, I just try, I'm imagining, like, what if that's kind of how movie theaters work, too, where someone who's never watched, you know, a uh, Marvel, an movie. Avengers movie, yeah, and then, and, like, somebody goes to watch Endgame, but doesn't really know what Avengers is about, and then asking, you know, the guy selling the tickets, hey, what's what is avengers about you know am i gonna understand this movie if i jump in and it's like no 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 (laughs) no but i'll do my best to explain to you even though i don't know either (laughs) so there's this purple guy (laughs) yeah 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 no i mean it like i said it was it was a series that i you know started learning more information about and started gaining interest in playing it i just it was one of those things where you look at it a lot, but you can't pull the trigger on it. You know, you're just like, ah, I should, I really should do it. I should yeah. do it. Cause everyone, you know, I see people say it's a great game. It's a great series. And I'm just like, ah, no. And then I guess I just needed a little bit of a, a nudge from somebody that I know to kind of yeah. start that, start that process. And there's just other games too that are new and you want to play those and you don't want to jump into a series that's 20 years old. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I had I totally series did. that were coming out that I was comfortable with, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, if we go, you know, Switch was out, Xenoblade Chronicles, a bunch of that kind of stuff. I was comfortable in those aspects as I played some of them before. So I'm going to go to my comfort zones before I do something new, you know. Sure. Well, okay. Yeah, that's that's good information. That's that's good for me to know. And, and I think anybody who um, who maybe is a fan of Kingdom Hearts and is listening to this podcast. I I want to I want to stress this too like I want I want there to be active, you know, listener support as as well as far as uh, just communication. And uh, if there are, you know, questions that you have for me or questions that you have for Dash or just kind of like, I don't know, little tidbits of information if there's something that you want me to pass on to Dash, um, you know, as as one Kingdom Hearts fan to another. You know, it's kind of like I'm totally open to to just having that sort of open platform, so to speak, with uh, yeah. with the community. And you know, let's 
this is this is interesting too because I think I mentioned this in the video as well. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, but there are there are almost undoubtedly going to be people listening to this series who have also never played a Kingdom Hearts game before. Um, and that's very exciting for me. And I'm wondering how <laughs> how you would feel about that as well. Like, are you are you nervous? <laughs> I mean, I think it's always a thing where you know there's other people out there that haven't done a series just like you have or haven't watched a show or whatever the case may be. So I'm nervous to necessarily talk about it and be like, okay, this is what I liked. This is what I didn't like or, you know, whatever that whatever comes across, you know, my own brain. But I am also super excited because this is a first for me. Podcasting, you know, is a first. And then on top of that, Kingdom Hearts is a first. And I'm a very vocal and uh, expressive person, I guess. So, mm-hmm. so being able to also like talk about it instead of us just having side conversations, you know, and really yeah. go in depth and be like, you know, I didn't understand this, you know, and, you know, I'm trying to figure out if that's something later or if that's something that is a mystery to everybody in the community. Like, you know, like, yeah. hey, you picked up on the same thing everybody else is like, why is that happening? Mm-hmm. So, that makes me excited because I'm like, I'm 10 years late to the party, <laughs> you know, but yeah. like, but 20, like, am I going to now? Yeah. 20 years now. But like, am I going to have the same experiences everybody else did when they were playing? Yeah. So I'm glad you brought this up because me and you did mention uh, kind of this concept of, of theory crafting uh, in the Kingdom Hearts community while me and you were working together. And uh, I'm glad we can talk about it now because uh, if anyone here is listening and is a fan of Kingdom Hearts, you can definitely agree. And uh, <laughs> there are there is definitely some theory crafting to be uh, to be had in this series. And, and that's like um, my addiction, man. That is yeah, theories are my just addiction. falling down rabbit holes. It's it's a great time, man. It, it uh, is. It's, it's not a it's not an everyday thing, but you know when you yeah. get to get those nice like those nice theories that you just start falling down deep it's yeah. just like man how did i get here yeah and i'm glad that we're kind of taking it in this approach of um a little bit more methodical a, a lot more just kind of the thoughtful approach of of taking time every now and then to kind of stop and discuss everything that happens uh because like we had said you know you're 20 years past the release of the very of the very first game uh just like with the avengers movies right now if you wanted to know the entire story you could sit down and within you know a month or a few months or whatever you can sit down and watch all of the movies and be completely caught up and you you could theoretically not take any time at all to try to you know discuss any of it until yeah. you're until you're totally done, um, yeah. Like you could you could just binge through this entire series of games um, because now you have the collection that I've uh, that I yeah. bestowed <laughs> upon you. Um, the Holy you could Grail. Just, yeah, you could just blow through this entire series. But I think I think kind of putting this into podcast form and kind of in this book club style of podcast that we're doing, um, you know, I, I think I think that this is this is a ripe scenario that yeah. you can experience something this old today um, and still kind of treat it like everything is brand new information and 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 you can kind of 
you know, start forming theories like as soon as you beat the game and, um, you know, and <laughs> I, I also just, I want to stress too, like I want this to be as non spoiler as possible. Um, <laughs> so other people who are, you know, if, if they are hopping in on the YouTube version, uh, which by the way, the YouTube version is not going to be anything special. It's, it's, it's essentially just going to be another platform that you can listen to this on. You're not going to see me in it. Um, we'll find a clip of me dying somewhere, and I'll just we'll just keep replaying that because yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure be, it will happen quite a bit. Yeah, go on for hours and hours. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be the same death for every episode. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, there's um, there's a lot to be spoiled um, in this series. Oh, there's, for sure. There's just so many, you know, just big things that happen um, where even if you even if you don't know sort of what's going on, you know, it's just it's it's not a good idea to kind of go into it, you know, with certain knowledge. So I encourage everybody uh, to refrain from, you know, being being big on the spoilers in, in the comments and stuff. If you're in the Discord, you know, I do... Not that we can't talk about spoilers and talk about the podcast and stuff, but if you're in the Discord, mark it with the spoiler tag, pretty, pretty, please, so that Dash does not, uh, he knows to not click those things and, and read the spoilers. Dash um, is not the brightest crayon in the box either. He'll keep reading and not figure it out until <laughs> until it's too late. But yeah, so we want to we want to prevent this from happening, um, and we want Dash to definitely go into this like he's like it's two thousand two, and Homeboy just turned on his PlayStation two, but but now he can move the camera around, <laughs> up and down. Um, yeah, so I, let's see. Is there? Um, I guess is there anything that you want to say? Just kind of like I mean- on on what you feel about just like even just I'm the just, very first kingdom hearts or, or everything really as a whole. i'm really excited because i you know i wanted to touch on like what you said about doing it in a podcast form um mm-hmm. because i mentioned to you i mean that's just how i digest games with big stories in general i i yeah. don't just blow through the game and then just be like what happened i, <laughs> I don't know what happened like i want to put in hours you know hours and hours to the game because i want to know what's going on and definitely a different kind of structure because usually I'll just sit there and, you know, brood on my own. But now I have an outlet where I can be like, you know, like, hey, man, like, yeah. this has been bugging me all week. Like, uh, dude, and, and the Kingdom Hearts community is so fucking ripe with knowledge. <laughs> I <laughs> and, believe it. Yeah. And it's one of those things, too, where even even some things I think I was telling you about this. There are just some pieces of knowledge and you know just things about the kingdom hearts lore that people reference as being fact but really a lot of it's just theories because not everything is just laid out like some things are very clear and yeah cut you know clear cut just laid out right in front of you but then there are some things where you kind of just have to put the pieces together and then sort of take what you will with that and assume you know whatever puzzle you put together just assume that that is true um because that seems to be the only logical answer you know it's just there's there's lots of lots of you know just like i said just so many theories and yeah yeah you're never gonna you're never not gonna find anyone to talk to in the kingdom hearts community it's so fucking huge (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and that's and you know I like communities like that. You know, especially when it comes to gaming and stuff like that, because there can be some you know not very welcoming to new people communities. You know, and yeah, that makes that also makes it scary to jump into a game. So like you know you may not want to do it because it's just like man, I don't want to get flamed for not knowing something or being new. And yeah. So the, it's uh, nice. Oh boy. <laughs> this is um this is this is definitely a hot button in the Kingdom mm. Hearts community for sure. And I'll give it to me. I I'll just I'll just say, I mean, this is this is the thing with every uh fandom. You're going to find the gatekeepers. Uh, you're going to find the people Oh, who, of course. Yeah, who will definitely just be like this fucking noob doesn't doesn't know anything. You know, how how could you say this whenever this is clearly the case whenever, you know, you're new. You don't know. You know, this is I, this hey, is, all I know is we don't like Jiminy Cricket. That's I, that's yeah. all I know. Um, yeah. So I'm already I'm already versed in that. Gavin has told me we don't <laughs> like Jiminy Cricket. I asked him why. He just said we yeah. don't, and I just said okay. <laughs> you know, I understand. Uh, shout out, shout outs to the Ansem Report podcast uh, for their <laughs> active disdain of uh, Jiminy Cricket. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this is <laughs> that's a that's a good one. But, I thought it was you know, always Donald, man, dude. I, being on the outside, I thought it was yeah. Donald. That's all I ever heard was Donald sure. never heals me, and I just go, I don't yeah. know what's happening. It's Donald. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you see, yeah, you you definitely know some things about the Kingdom. Oh, Hearts I mean, community. Oh, yeah, memes are memes are are universal. It doesn't you don't need so, to know yeah. nothing about a game to know memes. Yeah. My my mom fucking knows Donald doesn't heal. All right. <laughs> But um, so, yeah, we are we are kind of in this position where you are a brand new person in the Kingdom Hearts community. And um, yeah, I mean, this go this kind of goes without saying, too. I I really hope that whatever opinions you do have of the series, um, you know, you're you're clearly an honest guy. And try uh, to be, I know yeah. you're gonna, yeah. I know, I know you're coming into this series, and you're gonna, you're gonna be straight with us. If you, if you don't like something, I don't want you to try to sugarcoat it. You know, if you feel strongly about a certain plot, especially with Kingdom Hearts One, I don't want you to shy away. Like, get, oh, get I get, bring I get very attached to characters, and I also get very hateful of characters, and that's all in a lot okay. of series I play, so I will not, if something happens and it just upsets me, I will hate that character forever, and there's so, no ifs, ands, or buts. So, so here's the thing about Kingdom Hearts 1, and I'll just say this before we get, you know, into actually playing it. Yeah. Um, Kingdom Hearts 1, just kind of in the community, is, it's looked at very differently by pretty much everyone. Um, mm-hmm. Some people consider it to still be the greatest in the series. Some people consider it just kind of, you know, right in the middle of the road. And some people just flat out hate Kingdom Hearts 1 and, you know, think everything is, you know, streets ahead better, you know. So yeah, it's just, this is this is a very interesting game. And you'll see later on, I don't want to be very specific as we're going through the game, uh, exactly what I'm talking about. This is maybe a discussion for once you've kind of gotten further in the series, but you will see that there is just some information in this game that has straight up been retconned. Um, not, not to, not to say that this game is not canon because I would say like 90% of everything that happens in this game, at least as far as the information of like the little pieces of lore that we know, um, some things you can kind of 
you can kind of infer maybe the director didn't quite know where he was going with that, or maybe he just straight up changed his mind. You know, there's there's it, no real first, cut answer for about you know, it's for a first a it's stuff. a first game. I mean, I don't think there's a thing in media today unless it's super planned out where it doesn't get retconned at some point, especially yeah. with the first you know from the first book or from the first movie from the first game to book number three or four you know what i mean by that point there's going to be some changes you know because there's going to be a different direction or different feel or whatever the case may be now i will say i mean the the director tetsuya namura he he has stated he had he has stated in the past that he knew where the story was going to go all the way up through at least kingdom hearts 2 um and i you know, I want to take him for his word at that, even though there is some retconning that he does of Kingdom Hearts 1 in Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, but, you know, I'll, let's there, there are definitely things that he sets up in Kingdom Hearts 1 that are absolutely fulfilled in Kingdom Hearts 2. So, for the most part, I think he knew where he wanted this story uh, to kind of go. Um but also, just kind of with what you're saying, with this being the first game, not only is, is this the first Kingdom Hearts game, but and we'll talk about this more in, in sort of the development of this game and kind of the history of this game, but uh, Disney had a... Just like how Disney is in everything that they own, they have a huge say in everything that happens uh, in anything <laughs> that, oh, absolutely. that 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 includes you know Disney property, so there are there are some things about this game that were limited due to the fact that Disney had a say in it, um, but also the you know the development team kind of took this game and released it as if it could be the only game in the series. So you know, it, I mean. To like, I won't fair, talk. Or sorry, continue. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah, my bad. I mean, to be fair, though, I mean, I mean, if you want to get really into the history of Disney, you know what I mean? There are some yeah. dark stories in Disney. I mean, <laughs> you know what I sure. mean? Yeah. But like, you know, looking at Kingdom Hearts as a, as a whole, it's a pretty edgy story. I mean, all things considered for a Disney. It can be. Yeah. For, yeah. I mean, it's... It, it, it really mimics the Disney, you know, kind of like flow, I guess you would say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it can, it's definitely light and funny, you know, when it wants to yeah, be, no, it's, but it's PG, very but serious. It's, yeah, it's it's not without its dark elements. Um But that's what makes a good story. I mean, yeah. unless you got loss or you have, you know, sadness, it's not going to be gripping. <laughs> sure, 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 yeah. Um and just, you know, too, uh, this is you know, I think Disney kind of was looking at this as sort of a test for do they want to continue working with uh, Square, um, you know, on this series. I think they they allowed them um, to kind of take the Disney properties and kind of go in, you know, to this series and kind of said, you know, let's see how let's see how this one does. And uh, yeah, thankfully, I mean, <laughs> I think it went pretty well. <laughs> um I mean, so, four games later, or well, yeah. okay, technically not four. There's a lot uh, more like than fucking, that, like fit like fifteen games. Later. Yeah, but if we're going by the number, oh, okay, I can't even <laughs> say the number system because there's like yeah. final <laughs> yeah. remix prologue two point oh. Yeah. 
God damn it. Oh boy, you are you are in for a treat. Um, oh dude, every time you say whatever whatever the prologue one is, I giggle. There's not yeah. it's, it's every time. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit of history of of Kingdom Hearts. We're going to kind of talk cool. about where uh where this where this story's going. Let's first talk like what Square Enix is. I'm sure you've seen plenty of games be published by Square Enix, um, like the new Guardians of the Galaxy, published by Square Enix. Um, obviously, Final Fantasy, huge Square Enix property, massive. Um, yeah, so Square Enix is it's the result of the merging of two companies together in the 80s and the 90s. There were two separate companies. One was called Squaresoft, and the other was called Enix. And both of them were video game publishers and developers um, who had pretty big flagship JRPG titles. Uh, Squaresoft had Final Fantasy, and Enix had Dragon Quest. And they were kind of competitors, um, but then in the early 2000s, uh, they, they kind of merged and created this big company called Square Enix. And this they're most commonly just referred to as Square. Pretty much any time that I talk about Square, just kind of know I'm, I'm talking about Squaresoft and modern-day Square Enix. Um, just I because all of... made Dragon... Uh... Dragon Quest. What was it? Dragon Quest. Dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enix, uh, the company Enix in the in the eighties made Dragon Quest. Yeah, um, did not. Did and that's not know that. yeah, that's another fucking long series where with lots of spinoffs and everything. Um, kind of like with the Final Fantasy games, it's yeah. like an anthology series. Um, they all kind of have a lot of the same elements and uh, themes in all the games, but you don't need to play the games back to back to back. You know, each game is its own separate story, you know, and that's kind of why Final Fantasy and uh, and uh, Dragon Quest, they were kind of competitors because they were kind of doing a lot of the same stuff. But, like side side tangent, because I could just be completely uh, ignorant here, but isn't wasn't Dragon Quest a really hard like NES game? Like, Yeah, or, so both of, yeah, both SNES. the first... Yeah, so Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy both kind of came out like their the first games kind of came out around the same time, mm-hmm. and they both were on the NES. And then, kind of as more games came out, they released them on you know NES, Super Nintendo, um, PlayStation, PlayStation Two. Like you know, they they definitely just kind of have been coming out since the eighties. Yeah, um, some of them are really hard. For sure. Yeah, I just I just remember people talking about like just like the first drawbridge or whatever it was. They were trying to get past and just dying almost every time. They're like, I have no idea. Yeah, in the first Final Fantasy game, there is <laughs> there's definitely in order to even explore the world, you have to go through a bunch of random encounters. This was a common thing of JRPGs of the NES era. And, and kind of the Super Nintendo era as well. Uh, lots and lots and lots of random encounters and the, um, uh, I guess, just the coding of the numbers. Uh, you know, nowadays, you can just, if an enemy is just fucking 
killing you and you're way under under leveled and it seems like it's a programming issue um you can just patch that uh, back on the nes obviously there was no just patching a game if the that's game was hard as shit that's yeah and got. there's glitches and bugs everywhere that's the game that came out sorry oh, god tmnt on the on <laughs> tmnt yeah. on the nes on the snes yeah. that was that was brutal uh anyway Tangent. So, yeah, no, yeah, no. But this is this is good. We're talking about just kind of the history of, of Square. Um, but now we're kind of going to go back just a little bit more, and we're going to talk about kind of Square's uh, history with crossovers. So okay. back in 1996 on the Super Nintendo, they released Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Uh, yeah, so this is published by Nintendo, but it's the first game that Square got to work on. Basically for a, a publisher as big as Nintendo and a mascot as big as Mario. And this is really the first time that Mario, as well, was thrown into a a RPG. different sort of... Yeah, he was thrown into an RPG. And up until then, he had just been a platformer. And... Mm-hmm. Um, even even the RPG, I don't know if you've got to play Super Mario RPG. Uh, I haven't even. I, haven't I have played it, played it a lot. It's it's nice. surprisingly for it being you know older. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Okay, it's a game that I definitely want to start. Um, it's one of those games where I haven't played it, but I've listened to the soundtrack a million times. Yeah, um, <laughs> the, the soundtrack is done by a beautiful woman who goes by the name of Yoko Shimamura and she is a a big piece of the Kingdom Hearts puzzle. Um she she is considered as goddess Yoko Shimamura in the Kingdom Hearts community. She is the prime composer uh of the Kingdom Hearts series and one of the best friends of director Tetsuya Nomura. So that you know, that's kind of the very first time that we're starting to see Square kind of dip their toes into um, you know this sort of Final Fantasy environment in with within other properties. Even though there's there's no like actual Final Fantasy characters in Super Mario RPG, I think this is a good you know place to look at um, when it comes to Square kind of starting their crossover video game journey. Yeah, uh, the next. The next game, and this is one of the only other games I'll talk about other than Kingdom Hearts about, like, crossovers that Square <laughs> did. Um, there was a game on the PlayStation 1 called um, Air Guys, God Bless the Ring, uh, which came out December 17th, 1998 in Japan, and then later on in America. Um, this was first uh, published by Namco for the arcade and then later on, Squaresoft published it for the PlayStation 1. And mm. just kind of some interesting tidbits about this. This is a fighting game um, that, Ooh. you know, you would find in arcades and stuff, and you can play on the PS1. Uh, similar to that of, like, a Tekken kind of game or a Street Fighter type game. Uh, but every single character in the game was designed by Tetsuya Nomura, uh, you know, the director of Kingdom Hearts. And this fighting game included... The characters Cloud, Tifa, Yuffie, Sephiroth, Vincent, and Zack, all from Final Fantasy VII. Um, so this was kind of the their first big crossover that they did. <laughs> hmm. 
Okay. So, yeah. Sure, I wonder if uh, we can get that like as like a ROM on the PC or something like that. Check oh, f- for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Find like a PlayStation One copy or something like that. You yeah. Can definitely. You can definitely emulate that. I'm interested. I haven't played it, but <laughs> uh, I know the I know, I know the reception. Next time. <laughs> I know I know the reception is very mixed. It ranges from poor reviews to just kind of like you know above average reviews. It's not like like you're better off playing Tekken and Street Fighter, honestly. Uh, but, I mean, you got to remember too. Back then, when it came to fighting games, like like you said, Tekken and Street Fighter were kind of like kings. You know what I mean? It was yeah, hard to yeah. rep. It was pretty much hard to replicate what they did very very well yeah yeah and the fact you know i the big the big draw to this game was the fact that the the main characters of final fantasy 7 were thrown into this game and uh yeah that's kind of what people most remember that game for uh for the most part but uh since we've kind of been talking about tetsuya nomura let me uh let me tell you about this man I'm I'm ready. Give it to me. Yeah, Tetsuya Nomura. He's he's very prolific in the Kingdom Hearts community. As, oh, I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. You know, he just kind of just made a stupid game. But <laughs> so Tetsuya Nomura started drawing whenever he was about three years old, and uh, he would often draw with his dad. Uh, that was just kind of something that they that they did together, and his dad taught him a lot about just kind of. Uh, where the world was heading, you know, like, oh, computers are going to take over, you know, like that he was that kind of dad. And, and he had, I think he looked up to his dad a lot. And um, back whenever he was 16, uh, the very first Dragon Quest game came out in 1986. And he fell in love with that game, mostly just because of its implementation uh, of its storytelling. Uh, and that Dragon, Dragon Quest came out before the first Final Fantasy. And Whereas, in my opinion, Final Fantasy maybe did the story a little bit better for the NES. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dragon Quest was really the first one to do it in general. Like, there was not really a a well-thought-out story to be told in video games at that point in time. Yeah. So he fell in love with that. That was kind of one of his first video game loves, was the first Dragon Quest game. And whenever he was in high school, his art teacher was actually the one who introduced him to the artwork uh, of, a, of a man. His name is Yoshitaka Amano, and he is the art illustrator of the Final Fantasy series. So if you were to go back, and even still today, he's still doing artwork for the Final Fantasy series. Uh, Yoshitaka Amano is easily one of my favorite artists of all time. And um, I think this is very interesting and very important kind of for the story of of the development here that uh, it was his art teacher in high school who was like, hey, uh, you like art? You like video games? You should check out Yoshitaka Amano. He he does the art for all these Final Fantasy games. Um, That's really cool. So, yeah, yeah, he was he was real into that. I mean, influence, influence. Is it influence? No, probably inspiration is probably like one of the best things you could give somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's probably a little both. <laughs> yeah, probably a little bit of both. I mean, just, just the nudge in a way where it could change, you know, that course. You know what I mean? I mean, yep. think about it. If he was never put on the path, you know, we could say what ifs all we want. But, I mean, realistically, sure, yeah. if he wasn't put on it's that like, path, then never would have even thought about yeah. Kingdom Hearts stuff. Yeah, probably. You know, it's just like whenever anybody says, you know, well, we wouldn't have metallica if we didn't have the beatles and we wouldn't have yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know this band if we didn't have this band you know it's just kind of that same that same loop 
But anyways, he actually, while he was in high school, he wrote and drew a lot of manga. And he wanted to actually grow up to be a professional, like, like he wanted to write manga for a living. But I think as he kind of got out of high school, he abandoned that dream and he actually wound up going to school to learn advertising, <laughs> which is, um, I mean, kind of kind of sad to think about. <laughs> I mean, hey, <laughs> get into the industry the way you can. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, however, he graduated. He he was basically looking for a job in advertising. Uh, and as he was doing so, he actually saw an application to Squaresoft at the time, accompanied by artwork by Yoshitaka Amano. So huh. that's kind of how he got his job over at Square. Um, wow. He literally like, that's... yeah, he had this inspiration by this art, this artist that he loved. And then, boom, like, it kind of fell into his lap. Yeah, I was about to say, it just kind of fell all into place for him. That's... Yeah. Man. Yeah, it's it's cool stuff. So, as he was working at Square, he got his very first job there as a, uh, a debugger for Final Fantasy IV, uh, which came out in 1991. Later on, after that, he started actually being the... Uh, the designer like the head designer of the monsters for final fantasy 5 which which came out just a year later so within those past you know those two years he went from just kind of doing some programming stuff to okay cool now i can actually exercise sort of my artistic skills wow um, and that's, then that's fairly soon after that uh, he actually ended up impressing Hironobu Sakaguchi, who is the creator of Final Fantasy, basically with a portfolio of character designs and a list of ideas that he had for future Final Fantasy games. Uh, so Hironobu Sakaguchi was like, oh, hey, okay, all right. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> where I see have you, you been? Nomura. Why are yeah, you where in the back? Where have you been, my man? <laughs> yeah. So, homeboy, you know, he's put into the position of graphic design, or sorry, graphic director of Final Fantasy VI which came out in 1994. This is a very well-beloved Final Fantasy video game. I know you haven't played any of the Final Fantasy games either. Oh, God, uh, yeah, that's a whole other box of worms <laughs> that's, that will yeah, that'll be the that's next... That's our next that'll, podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the next <laughs> podcast, and that one's going to be a lot longer. <laughs> so so he, he was put in the position of graphic director for Final Fantasy VI, and that's where he actually ended up fully designing and creating the backstories of two of the main characters... Uh, Shadow and Setzer. So that's kind of now he's kind of getting his foot in to more of a. Uh, he's not just doing artwork. He's not just doing programming. He's he's kind of he's going in and he's implementing he's his toesies actual. Well. Yeah, he's getting character stories in and, and he's completely designing characters from scratch. But he's just designing the characters. He has no influence over the story they have at this point. Well. Right? It, he created their backstories. He oh, created okay. The, the, okay, okay, yeah. okay. I got you. This is kind of his first time into being, you know, a part of a part of the story design. Okay. Uh, and so, after all that, and after many other smaller little projects in the company, he actually asked permission to be the primary character designer of Final Fantasy VII and replace Yoshitaka Amano on that video game. So wow. he definitely wow. the, like uh, the guy who 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 inspired him to work there at the company, you know. Yeah. And I I read this earlier, and I was like, "That's he's got some fucking balls." Dude. Yeah, I was about to say he walked in with some big cojones and just was yeah. like, "Yeah, this is my job now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, he yeah. So he got 
he was getting his feet wet you know he got he got his chance to work on final fantasy 6 and that was you know final fantasy 6 came in uh, came out in 1994 for the super nintendo and then final fantasy 7 was going to be a big deal they were initially creating that game for the nintendo 64 but the game was so big and so long that they had to move it over to playstation 1 in this era of of creating video games yeah i think he he pretty much saw an opportunity and he asked the guys higher up, you know, he's like, hey, look, guys, I, uh, I've got character designs and I, I like this project that we're doing and I, I, I want to do this. And um, so they gave it to him. They let him be the like the character designer. And pretty much he did. He does all of the main artwork that we see today of Final Fantasy seven that came out back in 1997. So, wow, he. Yeah, he definitely, that. and not only not only that too, but he actually had a huge role in that, uh, where he created the limit break battle mechanic, which is a huge gameplay mechanic of that video game, as well as helped shape incredibly important story moments uh, that are very spoilerific. <laughs> I mean, we could spoil them. I mean, I'm not there yet. So no, 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 no. no. We'll, <laughs> this is you can't. We'll get you to- can't dangle the fruit in front of me and then not. Tell me. Well, then you can go and play Final Fantasy VII. Don't have it. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes and he, you know, he's working on Final Fantasy VII. uh, And then after all of that, he continues designing characters for the game Final Fantasy VIII and creating their backstories as well. And uh, he got to sit in the seat of visual battle director and final fantasy 8 came out in 1999 this is this is sort of what tetsuya namura was doing getting his foot in the door as a video game director and that was kind of him up up in through the 90s i mean move through the chain super quickly i mean all yeah things considered pretty, i mean that's fast because let's see he got his first job as a debugger working on Final Fantasy 4. So, about two years. Final Fantasy 4 came out in 91, so you can assume maybe he was working there in 1990. And then he was and then Final Fantasy 8 came out in 1999. So already just within that 10-year span that he was working over there, which you know, I think I think maybe today if you're going to move up in the ranks at a video game company, it can probably move a lot faster than this just because of the technology and kind of like teaching that we provide nowadays. Uh, but I don't know, man. at this point in time, this is, this is uh, this is pretty fast stuff. Yeah, no, I completely agree. That's, I mean, I got a buddy that does some of that stuff and I mean, I mean, it's, it's a very, very slow process and unless it's rough out there, yeah, unless you, <laughs> unless you really know what you're doing, it's a it's a slow process to work your way up to a spot where you know you're kind of in a in a role where you make decisions, you know. Yeah. So that was kind of that you know, like I said, that's kind of his story up through the '90s. Uh, but let's let's back up just a little bit, and we are going to talk about Super Mario '64. This is surprisingly a lot more important than you might think, um, because Super Mario 64 came out in 1996. One of the greatest games of all time. Yeah. I mean, that... Jeez. Yeah, it it came out, and it was kind of right in the middle of development on Final Fantasy VII uh, whenever uh, Mario 64 came out. 
So Square was, at this point, just like every other video game company out there, everyone's looking for a way to compete with Nintendo. <laughs> because Mario 64 just completely blew everything out of the water. You know, it was, it's the first time that we really get the chance to play in a 3D open environment, you know, platforming, all that stuff. It's It blows every everyone's mind. It still does. It still yeah. really does, man. I mean, knowing, you know, just knowing what, like... You, they really had to go through to get that game just off the ground and working, <laughs> you know, yeah. and just how it came together at the very end and how it's changed gaming. I think we've kind of moved past how it's influenced gaming, but I mean, got to be at least, you know, 10, 12 years of just constant sure. expansion. This was mind-blowing, you know, it's right there in the middle of the 90s, this this bombshell from Nintendo, from Nintendo comes out. So they're looking for a way to compete, but then they start to realize that, hey, Mario is a hard mascot to beat. <laughs> who are we going to find who could compete with someone of the likes of Mario? What other company out there has a, has a really known mascot Does like Mario? Does it go fast? Does it go real fast? Am I right? Oh, dude. Dude, so <laughs> Squaresoft and Disney at this time, they actually shared a building in Tokyo. Oh, like, that's wild. They were working out of the same building. <laughs> and maybe maybe this is something that you've heard before because this is actually uh, this is a famous time in history that people kind of <laughs> reference uh, for other projects as well. But this is a real thing that happened to, to the history of Kingdom Hearts. Uh, literally just one day, uh, Shinji Hashimoto, who is one of the biggest uh, executive producers over at Square, uh, still to this day, uh, he literally just bumped into a Disney executive into an elevator and uh, just started talking to him about the uh, <laughs> the collaboration that would eventually become Kingdom Hearts. Uh, this is literally the elevator pitch. Wow. Um, That's super wild. crazy. <laughs> yeah. So this happens... And uh, one day, Tetsuya Nomura, he walks into a room where Shinji Hashimoto and Hironobu Sakaguchi, uh, the creator of Final Fantasy, uh, they're just sitting in there just discussing the possibility of using Mickey Mouse in a video game. Uh, But Nomura literally just only heard the tail end of that conversation and had really no idea what they were talking about. But he raised his hand anyways and was like, I want that. Whatever you're doing, I want it. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't paying attention to the question, but I do, I know the answer. <laughs> yeah. So basically, they give it to him. They say, "Okay, um, you know, we'll we'll figure something out." And I think Tetsuya Nomura at this point he then started doing some character designs because Disney was a little bit on the fence of whether or not they were going to allow them to use uh, character designs for like just completely original character designs because i think disney wanted to make a video game like make an rpg kind of like how nintendo did the rpg with super mario rpg but i don't think i don't you know this is i don't know if this has been super explained yet but i'm pretty sure they they just wanted disney characters i don't think they wanted or like originally designed characters yeah Um, so nomura he kind of gets on board with this position and then he sends him uh he he shows Disney this this photo that I ju- I just sent you. He's got a tail. This, <laughs> this is the v- very first design that Tetsuya Nomura uh, does with Sora. Dude, that um, keyblade maybe looks y'all have, dope. What's up? That keyblade looks dope, though. You know why? No, because it's a chainsaw. What? 
It's not a Keyblade. Why do we not have this? <laughs> so, so this is the very first design of Sora. Um, he has lion ears. He's got like you know, like a lot of hair on the top of his head. He's got some like hairy arms, and he's got a tail and some hair kind of poking out underneath his shorts. Like he's got, he's definitely, he's like supposed to be the sort of lion type character, and he, you know, would run around attacking enemies with a chainsaw. <laughs> That's amazing. The Disney representatives literally just stared at him. And said no, <laughs> like we are not, we are not doing this. <laughs> no, so, just, yeah, just, no, no. Guy walks off the elevator, pitch is over. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts never happens. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so you know, this is yeah, this is a crazy design, obviously, especially if you know, you know what Sora looks like. Uh, and so you know, then Tetsuya Nomura decides, okay, well, how about this? And he sends him this photo of Sora and. He's he's got a keyblade. Uh, it's changed from a chainsaw to a keyblade. Uh, he uh, he clearly resembles Mickey Mouse with the red and the big yellow shoes. Oh, got, yeah. He's got the Mickey Mouse emblem on the keychain. This is something that Disney looked at, and they were they were understandably much more happy <laughs> with this design. I mean, but he's not. He's he was not. It's. I mean, I know the tail, the ears, you know, the the hands, you know, that kind of stuff, obviously, you know. Well, it was also a really, it was also a really similar design to the main character of Final Fantasy IX, which I don't know, I don't think it was being developed just yet, Mm -hmm. but it was going to be developed and... Well, maybe at this maybe at this point in time, because Final Fantasy IX came out in two thousand or two thousand one, one of those, and Kingdom Hearts two, or Kingdom Hearts one came out in two thousand two. So I think if this design were to come out, I think Square was not very happy that it was really similar to the design of the main character of Final Fantasy IX. Oh, uh, okay. I was about to say though. I mean, it looks. I mean, you could see. You know, I look because I know what Sora looks like. You know, so I could look at that first photo and be like, I can see it. You know, I yeah, and if in Kingdom Hearts four I don't get an alternative skin that I can buy for loot boxes and get that chainsaw sword, yeah. I'm gonna be upset. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you this uh this next photo uh because Tetsuya Nomura was also the uh, designer for uh, another game called the bouncer this is just a little bit off topic like this isn't going directly uh, with everything else but just look at this photo and tell me if it reminds you of anyone (laughs) uh a little bit yeah so so clearly tetsuya namura has like he had a design that he wanted to do you know he likes the zippers he likes the chains he likes the belts. He likes all that good stuff. If you look at any of the characters that he's designed over the Final Fantasy series, he definitely has a style, and he's kind of kept with it. It's kind of evolved. He's got he's got a Tetsuya Nomura unique type of style, you know? Yeah. Sora had a rough high school experience. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what he looks like. <laughs> uh, guys, if you're listening and you don't know what the main character of the Bouncer looks like, just go look up uh, the Bouncer. <laughs> just like... I think that's all you have to look up. There's like the bouncer main character. He looks very similar to Sora. Anyways, one thing that Tetsuya Nomura was kind of trying to decide, they wanted they wanted this to be very closely tied to Disney. And 
And so Tetsuya Nomura kind of decided playing with, okay, well, you know, what what do people usually think of? Like, what's what's a what's a good thing to look back at whenever you think of Disney? And and he kind of came up with the idea of like theme parks. And as you can see, he with the animal Sora, he kind of was basing it off the Animal Kingdom a little bit. And the original title of Kingdom Hearts was just going to be called Kingdom. That's all it was going to be called. That would have been and, cool. I mean, I don't think. Yeah, it's not necessarily bad. No, um, I don't think it's bad. But I, yeah, I, I don't think it's awful either. I mean, that would I would I would have been like, oh, okay. <laughs> and this is this next part is very interesting. Well, so basically, he decided to. He knew that there was going to be lots of story elements with hearts, all this stuff. So he added King. He added the hearts. It became Kingdom Hearts. Disney was a bit more happy with that. But Hironobu Sakaguchi, you know, the father of Final Fantasy, yeah, he pulls Tetsuya Nomura to the side and he basically says, "Hey, brother. Hey, <laughs> listen here, brother. Um, listen here. Um, listen here, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep it one one hundred with you." He basically says, "Hey, man, this um this is gonna fail unless the game is like." gonna strive for the same emotional grounded storytelling that is present in the final fantasy series so he's like you gotta you've got to do what makes final fantasy work for this for what you're doing to work whoa whoa, um, whoa. sidebar do you think it would have failed if it didn't have that you know that emotional tie in if he was just going off of his original idea I'm I'm curious to I'm curious to see how you feel about that once you kind of play through the game. Uh-huh. Um because I mean personally, whenever I went into Kingdom Hearts 1, I I knew that it was a a mashup of some sort, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what Final Fantasy was. Yeah. I I loved Kingdom Hearts just not even knowing what Final Fantasy was. You know, I knew what Disney was. I think I just liked the original story that was kind of there and and going and visiting all these worlds uh, as this character with Donald and Goofy. So you know, it's just it's it's hard to say. Yeah, um, for sure. What I think is what I think is really funny was that literally, <laughs> I'm pretty sure all he said to him was, "Hey, you got to make it like Final Fantasy if you want it to work." <laughs> so what does Nomura do? He just puts Final Fantasy characters in the game. <laughs> <laughs> the Will Smith meme where he's just like showing off whatever's next to him. Just, here you go. I did it. Yeah. It's like, okay. But <laughs> there anyways. you go. Stop asking. So this me. this is pretty much um, the start of Kingdom Hearts. This is, this is kind of how uh, Kingdom Hearts got its footing. And also, you have to think about this as well. The development itself for Kingdom Hearts uh, was not very easy. Yeah, I was about to ask about that. I was like, how, you know, I mean, that could not have been good, especially with, like you said, Disney is very, very particular about their properties, especially, yeah. especially the two-eared mouse that we all know and love. <laughs> they are very sensitive about that yeah. one. So so they, they definitely had some stipulations. Um, and we'll talk about that more as we get into the game. Uh, once we start playing it, because I don't, I don't really want to talk about all of the stipulations until we kind of get there and they become relevant. But yes, they, they definitely had their hand uh, pretty deep into what Square was allowed to do and what they weren't allowed to do. I, I can only, I can only imagine. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying. But aside, but aside from that, literally just the developing, the programming of the game was not very easy because the previous big. Final Fantasy game to come out 
was only like a year before Kingdom Hearts, and that was Final Fantasy X. And even though it was moving to the PlayStation 2 and had all these 3D graphics Mm -hmm. and voice acting and all this stuff, it was still just turn-based combat. You could run around on the overworld, but then you jump into a random encounter, and the combat is turn-based. This is the first game that they had to work on where it was a 3D open environment with action combat, uh, just like an action RPG with other players on the field fighting with you and against you all at the same time. Like This was not very easy, and I think that's kind of one of the bigger reasons why this game took a while to you know to kind of get off the ground uh like i said it was 1996 whenever they really started trying to figure out what kingdom hearts was going to be and then it only released officially six years later so it's hard to tell exactly what the development time was for the game Mm -hmm. but it took it took him a while since the conception i'm i'm sure i can't imagine you know jumping into a new space like that would be even remotely easy (laughs) <laughs> I, yeah. I can't even really wrap my brain around it because I have no concept of game development or anything besides the basic knowledge, you know, that yeah. most people would know if they were somewhat interested. But I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of crazy that it, you know, it's it was a very big pro- it was it was kind of a long shot project, really, that was also doing something completely new. Which yeah, so so like like I had terrifying. said, you know, like I had said too with with Disney, um, and kind of just some of the things that kind of get rec- retconned later on, like they definitely were trying to just fit what they could in one game, because it was kind of up in the air whether or not there would be a sequel. I, I mean, that's it's 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 a lot to necessarily unpack. I could not imagine not not only the development but the amount of stress i don't know like only thing i can kind of compare to if we're talking about disney is uh i don't know if you know the story about uh how they did snow white so you know how they used to do old old animation right they would do it on like a card and like scan it and then move it and then he'd move like an inch and then they oh yeah 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 they would they did that for like i think it was like two years straight like that like that one studio the one part of the studio just did that for like a two years or something and it was extremely stressful because they were not sure if the movie was going to do well and it was so much work something they've never done before and it was extremely stressful (laughs) yeah and so just kind of having the mouse kind of looking over you making sure you're doing everything cracking his knuckles and just being like i swear (laughs) to god yeah this is this was definitely a uh, this was a risk and i think uh Obviously, clearly, Tetsuya Nomura had a lot of guts. Um, oh, we've seen that in his entire career, just asking for you know <laughs> the most prolific artist in video games at the time, like asking for his job, and you know taking taking a hold of of a series that was mostly at this point owned by Disney. <laughs> did uh, um, I mean you can definitely answer me or not but uh did the does the mouse make an appearance in the first kingdom hearts we will uh we'll talk about you know just kind of how they wanted to handle mickey mouse kind of whenever we are uh playing the game yeah because i was i was about to say i go i go i could understand them being like okay i'll let you have donald i'll let you have goofy but I ain't letting you have the mouse <laughs> like <laughs> yeah yeah totally i totally hear you so that yeah kingdom hearts eventually uh in japan came out march 26 
2002, which was just a little less than a month ago, was the 20th anniversary. Woo! So, you know, Yay. 20 years old now. It, it can uh, it's all, it can almost drink just one more year. I was about to say, yeah, and, I can't drink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was telling you a little bit about this, too, while we were working. But also in Japan, in December... So basically, yeah, December, yeah, December twenty sixth. So exactly, what is that? Nine months later, uh, uh, something like in that. Japan, in Japan only for PlayStation Two. This did not come out in America. Kingdom Hearts Final Mix came out, and it included uh, recolorations of care of sorry, not characters of enemies. And uh, extra cutscenes, extra boss battles, and just a little bit of extra story detail to kind of tie in to what was next for the series. This is definitely one of the parts about Kingdom Hearts that we still never have gotten like huge answers on. And really, at this point, they don't matter all too much nowadays because now with the HD collections, we do have the final mix versions in America. But for a long time, for 10 years, because uh, let's see, the the final mix versions came out in America on the PlayStation 3 in 2013. So yeah, March 14th. So just about 11 years after Final Mix came out in Japan, then finally America got it. So Japan got those sweet, juicy extra cutscenes, all of that, <laughs> all of them story bits that America never got, but they were canon and they were required knowledge for. Uh, upcoming video games and how that just would not work nowadays just saying if yeah. something else released over there we just uh what was this extra scene here let me just go look it up yeah. real quick <laughs> even even still and this is something that square has been bad at for years this is another part of the kingdom hearts community that people will often bring up as one of their biggest contingencies with the series and that is just that square has I mean, they're obviously a Japanese company. I'm not going to be like, why do they have bias to Japan? <laughs> you know, because that's, <laughs> that's fucking where they're from. I mean, it makes sense. They will release games first in Japan. And then sometimes that, like, whatever they released won't come out for months sometimes in America. And it'll be big stuff like Final Fantasy stuff and Kingdom Hearts stuff. Kingdom Hearts 3 was announced to have a worldwide release. And then right, like, towards the last, like, stretch like right before the game came out, they decided that it was going to be pushed back a week in America. And so here, here we were uh, sitting here in America with all of the, all of the cutscenes of the Japanese versions just being put on the internet and people having to like dodge spoilers left and right. Like this is not okay, <laughs> you know, but they have announced since that some final fantasy game or future final fantasy games future kingdom hearts games like they're going to start doing their best like to simul release releases. everything yeah worldwide releases yeah. not like not the splitting it up bullcrap that everyone used to do no um, at least they have said they're i was just about to ask like have they said they're gonna try to you know be better on that or you know yeah yeah but also sometimes and this is just another thing once you're in the kingdom hearts community we can almost never take square what they say like what they say at face value <laughs> um <laughs> But you know, this is just this is just they're the game industry. They're about making money, and they're not really all about being totally honest with us. And that's it's yeah, I'm going on some. a tangent. Yeah. It's better than some. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna say names. Yeah. I'm just gonna say it's better <laughs> than some. <laughs> so we finally got Kingdom Hearts Final Mix here in America, eleven years after Final Mix came out in Japan, and along with all of the extra stuff that came out in that original Final Mix version, we. 
we got some quality of life stuff too. The game now ran, I think on the PS3, it was still 30 frames per second. But now on PS4, now that everything has been ported from PS3 to PS4, and now on Xbox and PC and all that, uh, we can now comfortably play Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5 plus 2.8. Like we can oh, play keep, all of these games now. Keep hitting me with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can play all these games comfortably uh, for the most part at smooth 60 frames per second. Back on the PlayStation 2, in order to move the camera around, I think I told you about this, you could you could not use the joystick, the right joystick to move the camera around left and right and up and down. Yeah. Um, you actually could not use anything to properly look up and down at all you could only look left and right using r2 and l2 so if you get to playing kingdom hearts now and you think it's hard just remember (laughs) i had to play that shit while looking left and right (laughs) exclusively using the let the the fucking r2 and l2 and i could not i could the camera was it still is kind of ass in the first Kingdom Hearts game, not going to lie. But like we said, there was some development hiccups that happened along the way. I'm just I'm looking at the case real quick, and I'm confused on where I'm supposed to start in this game. Oh, God. Because oh, it just God. says Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. And then Rechain of Memories, well, Re, so that makes me think it's not it. It's like a... Yeah, yeah I'm like, three, 358 yeah. over 2, I'm just like... Well, I don't know what that is. <laughs> hey, you you said it kind of you you said it right. Did I? A, a little bit. So we'll get there. We'll get there later <laughs> on. All of the uh, yeah yeah yeah. Where do I start? Just, I'm so lost, I'll just, Gavin. I'll I'll just say I'll just say I'm pretty sure <laughs> the pronunciation for that game that you just said is Kingdom Hearts three five eight days over two. Okay. Like that's okay. Like no, that's the, the canon no, you're way just, how you're supposed no, to pronounce no, it. No, no, no. <laughs> that's just that's just taking no. <laughs> but where do I start but, though? Like seriously. Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, bro. Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. That makes no sense. Why is it Final Mix if it's the first game? Right, right, right. So like I said, maybe I maybe I zoom by this really fast. So <laughs> Kingdom Hearts came out in Japan, right? And then it yeah. came out in America. It's just called Kingdom Hearts. And then in Japan only, they got Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, which is literally uh-huh. just an enhanced version. Think of it as like, I don't know what what what's a what's a good comparison to this? I don't uh, know. Think of it kind of like uh, the Rob the like Rob a, Schneider uh, DC. Yes, 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 yes. DC. That's exactly what it is. Justice League. Yeah, it's the it's the Snyder cut. Yeah. of Kingdom Hearts. Is what it is. Yeah, so just Kingdom Hearts Schneider. Final Mix is like, yeah, it's the Dan Schneider mix. Um, yeah, everyone, yeah, Sora's got his Christ. big shoes just off. Jesus and they, Christ. Just flopping them around the sand. <laughs> we finally got the HD collections of all these games kind of starting in 2013 on the PS3. And then starting in uh, 2017, we started getting all these collections put onto PS4. And then over time they were put on to more consoles like uh, Xbox and uh, ported to PC. And now we have cloud versions of kingdom hearts on Nintendo switch. And those, those are really bad. I'm I'm just saying (laughs) for the longest time, not recently, but for a very long time, I thought Kingdom Hearts was solely a PlayStation game. I swear to God, like I was just yeah. like, I was just like, it's a PlayStation exclusive. I never like until Kingdom Hearts three. I think is when I was like, oh okay, cool. They're finally putting it on both. Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah, that was I was just like, deal. I was like, that seemed like 
it, it seemed like a very be- like it seems like a very beloved game. I was like, why would they? I mean, I get it, deals and money, but like, I was like, that seems like yeah. like a very big knife to be cutting right down the middle of people. But yeah, that's in a nutshell. That is the history of kind of how Kingdom Hearts came to be. Dash, I'm I'm very excited for you <laughs> to finally get into this game. I know it's eleven o'clock now. Uh, you don't have to start playing this game like right now. You can go to sleep if you I want. I mean, to. I just ordered food, dog. So like. Oh shit! So like, I'm about to be up. Dude, please, <laughs> please, dude, please. Unless no one comes right. and picks up my McDonald's, then I'm gonna be upset. <laughs> okay, everyone. Um, I think that's a pretty good, good, pretty good place to uh, to stop for right now. This has pretty much been the first episode. Um, I mean, really, really, the first main episode that we get into the game will be next episode, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll do this now, and I'll continue to do this at the end of uh every episode that we do of this but i'll let y'all know kind of uh where we're going to end our first main discussion of the video game so that you know kind of where we're stopping and the things that we are going to discuss in the next episode so and maybe in the next episode too you could play along yeah if you want to play along definitely yeah yeah maybe you've played it a million times and you just want to play it again and hear uh, me rage so that you're (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you want to hear this this noob's you know first experience, or maybe you are in the yeah maybe you're in the same boat as Dash, and you've never gotten into the series before, and you're fucking pumped for Kingdom Hearts four, even though you have no idea what the hell you're getting into. I mean, hey man, um, I told you, I told you, uh, like right off the rip, when I saw the trailer, I was immediately interested because of how it looked. I said, if it that's how the game looks from the trailer. I'm sold on playing that game by itself. You know what I mean? I was like yeah. into playing it. So, <laughs> but then everybody would say wrong. Yeah, wrong. You do not play Kingdom Hearts four without playing the we, others. We don't. We don't know. That could be a totally different arc of the story. It could be brand new. We, well, it is. But well, then okay, we don't we're not know. Into this right. We're not. We're, getting, we're we not don't know. <laughs> I'm very excited to go back to this episode and listen back. <laughs> you know, in the in the many months later after you've played all these games and we've gone through them this is this is exciting stuff and i hope that you've enjoyed kind of listening to this sort of history lesson and kind of getting to know uh dash and maybe if this is your first time here too may hope maybe you got to learn a little bit about me as well um i'm sure you'll get to know us more in the series as we do this and uh yeah dude i'm i am so excited oh anyways uh we are going to be ending our discussion so basically play up to whenever you get to see the world map and you can kind of decide where you want to go after Travers Town. Okay. That's all I'll say without being spoilerific on like any details really. Um, yeah, you'll see you'll see a world map. Once you're there, that's that's where we'll end that discussion. Dash, Dude. you're more than welcome to continue playing yeah, I was about to say, man, what, if I get into we'll it, if I get into it, man, I go, you're going to have to text me <laughs> about where I'm yeah. supposed to, uh, <laughs> where I'm supposed to stop. Because if I get really into it, I'll just be like, I need to know what happens next. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it here for this first episode of The Dark Road to Kingdom Hearts 4. Uh, I promise it's not as dark as, uh, as it might seem. There is some light at the end of this tunnel, I promise. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We will uh, we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.